Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you thrive on camera and in life, tap into your superpowers, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word accountability. Per the Cambridge English Dictionary, accountability in a person means someone who is completely responsible for what they do. Here to discuss accountability is productivity and accountability coach, Carol Clay. Originally from South Africa, Carol spent several years sailing and working in the Caribbean before settling with her family in the Southwestern United States. In 2009, she founded Classic Exec Marketing to help small business owners create and manage their social media marketing. After successfully growing her company over the years, Carol now works with midlife women in the early stages of growing an online business. Her tailor-made one-to-one coaching and consulting helps women set goals, learn about project management, and create a lifestyle business with flexibility and balance. Carol's podcast, Connect, Inspire, Create, explores the ways to encourage women on the entrepreneurial journey. I love everything about this, and I believe you do not have to be a midlife woman to get a lot out of this conversation, but as one myself, midlife women, always welcome here. And you, Carol, are most welcome today. Thank you, Barbara. And thank you for that warm welcome and that wonderful introduction. So many elements, and you are correct, this doesn't just apply to Mm -hmm. midlife woman. But I think sometimes we might be stumbling a little bit and needing a little bit of encouragement when it gets to that stage of either stepping out of corporate and into starting our own business, or perhaps becoming empty nesters. So I think of midlife as as quite a broad age category, but we don't want to exclude the other listeners. So I hope that what we chat about today is going to be useful for everybody. Well, I agree with you. I'm going to circle back to that, the notion of why certain people in certain generations and how the world has shifted actually do need some special love and attention. But I want to actually start with how did you become an accountability coach, an expert? You're going to laugh when I say this, but I think it's the bossy part in me. <laughs> okay, wait. I mean, sh- I, wait. Bossy, nurturing, and helpful are my three core value descriptors. So, oh, wow. bossy gals, welcome. So, this is fantastic. How, okay, so how did you tap into your bossy? I think the fact that I am a planner, and so being a planner is part of my skill set. I tend to look too far ahead but then think that everybody else needs to come along on that journey. But I do believe that a little bit of forward planning can help you be accountable and take action. So I do try to drop that bossy hat, especially when it comes to my clients, but my family tend to to give me that. um, Miss Bossy telling us what to do. (laughs) Okay, wait, it started in childhood, right? So you always got stuff done. Right. And we always wanted to be, have you on the committee or put Carol in charge because you got stuff done. Um, I have a feeling you won awards for those things that you got done. So that's really great. So, so you understood, so this is built in, it's baked into who you are that, and it's interesting, you're going to come back to the notion of being a planner. Sometimes hand in hand comes a little bit of control enthusiasm, which I am a fully admitted control enthusiast, but I actually want to come back to the idea. So at one point, like, You're like, I'm naturally good at this. And when do you become aware that everybody else isn't naturally good at this? And now you can not only build a business, but quite honestly, be of service. So I think it came back to when I started my marketing company and stepping in and taking care of 
certain mainly social media marketing and content marketing, but then realizing that the client needed to be accountable for taking some action on their part for completing certain mm -hmm. things. So, you know, just as we all know, social is not just showing up and pushing stuff out there in front of people's faces. It's a conversation. And it's all very well to have somebody on your team to create that all for you, but you need to work in tandem. And so that's when the accountability part came in. And then I realized that there's so many struggles that new business owners face. And it's, where do I go? What do I do next? It's the mindset that sometimes just derails them. And so baby steps of accountability, voicing what you want to do, along with using tools. So I am big into application of tools that can support you. And mm -hmm. so you can find ways to support yourself in accountability. But once again, I'll come back to actually stating what you want to do and how you want to do it to somebody else is half the work done. Oh, I totally agree. But there's also something I learned along the way that in the desire about this, and one of the things I found, where am I going with this? You know what I want to say is the link between motivation and accountability. Yes. And yeah. so it was really powerful. And I actually think it's Shad Helmstetter who wrote this wonderful book a billion years ago called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. And somewhere in there, he talked about there's no motivation without motive. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. That was a huge light bulb because we can try to get motivated and we can, you know, do programs and apps and all these things that are supposed to motivate us. But if we're not clear internally, this it's another version of the why, we're not clear on our motive. And that might be just as simple as like, I want to be able to fit into that cute dress to go to my college reunion or the motive of, I need to be able to pay for college for my kids or the motive of, I actually want to, you know, be able to retire. There are, you know, so many different things where you connect that that motive actually has a value to you. So now you're motivated and you're like, okay, that's half of the step. And then how do we account that, you know, connect that to accountability, which if I'm hearing correctly is also a set of tools. It's not simply a mindset. I agree with you, you know, and just there also needs to be some joy attached mm. to that. So you cannot just force yourself to do something and tell somebody else you're going to do something when you're absolutely cringing and going, yeah, that is not what I want to do. So one of the things I like to sort of reel back to is looking at capacity mm -hmm. and first deciding where you are in what season and how much can you take on because you cannot be held accountable a zillion things if you don't have the capacity to deliver on them. That's hugely important. Mm -hmm. So how do we uh, figure out our capacity? So I think I love mind mapping. So I use that with my clients as we start with the idea in the center and then give ourselves an opportunity to just dump out everything else that goes with it. And then by taking that bird's eye look at it, you can kind of go, okay, where am I at you know, everybody's putting the pressure on last quarter of 2022, you know, you got to get going. Well, and for me, it's, a, uh, I'm actually going to be traveling, um, you know, going back home, and then we've got more trips. So I need to reel back for this last quarter of 2022, and know what my capacity is and be realistic. And then I can hold myself to accountable to what I want to achieve. So it's, you know, it's really taking a look at what season you're in, giving yourself a little bit of grace, and I realized, you know, accountability can be quite a scary word to some people. I have a client at the moment who she has actually canceled quite a few of the accountability sessions. 
And we've, we've moved into rather the teaching sessions, which is perfect. But I suddenly realized that accountability needs to be more than that. It needs to be a safe space that somebody's not judging you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need a safe space to say, hey, I can't do this. This is not sitting well. I'm not comfortable with this. Um, and then we together can find a way, find a path to help you take that next step. But I think it's putting too much on your plate to start with. And that's why that whole accountability just gets, you you freeze. That's a very fair point. And something I talk about all the time is this concept of the shoulds, that we get stuck in the shoulds. I should do this. I should be doing this. I should, 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 should. And that's one of the ways that we get too much on our plate because we take on things that we don't value necessarily, but we think that we should do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's so now it's this is helping me as a conceptually to understand how the shoulds intersects with the value component and the accountability component. And it's funny as a media coach, how many people, you know, in terms of value, you know, would honestly rather go have a tooth extracted than do public speaking. So again, it's creating a safe space so people can feel comfortable to explore and then through that can actually connect to the value that it brings. So we've understood capacity for the as a first step. Second though, is what are among the excuses, and maybe I don't even like that word, but the the feedback that comes back to you from clients who are perhaps falling short in the accountability side of the relationship? I think it comes back to too much on your plate. Mm. So they have too many goals. They're not, they don't have that clarity and they don't want to simplify. I love working in threes. Everything just seems to work in threes for Mm -hmm. me. Um, And, you know, so how about setting three goals for the week? You know, break that back down, break that back down into three tasks for the day. Um, Because if we overwhelm ourselves, you just don't get out the starting block. And I think that it's having that clarity and then linking. Because if there's no link between these different things and it's just a big mess and you don't know which part of your business you want to focus on or which goal you're trying to achieve or (laughs) even as you said earlier, which dress are you trying to fit into? But it's getting clarity once again, and then trying to link those together so that you can make some progress. Is this something also you're saying too, with capacity is understanding there's no separation of church and state, meaning in your life, it's, we try often to separate our personal lives from our professional lives, but when it comes to capacity, we cannot. And they're together. They're absolutely are together that, you know, we sort of think we need to separate um, well, this is my business hat that I've got on, but it all needs to come together. And then I keep coming back to the joy. We mm-hmm. do need to find the joy in these tasks that we're taking on. If they don't bring us joy, perhaps it's something we need to delegate. Or perhaps. interesting in my space, it's often if it's really not bringing joy and it's a type of dread where you feel an anvil on your chest, it's maybe something that you shouldn't be doing at all. Like you don't have to be the spokesperson or you don't, you don't have to do media or there's some other way to figure out what this is. But I, now I want to come back to you because in your writings and on your awesome website and stuff, things simplify comes up all the time. So let's talk about like why that matters and how we do it. So one of the big things I think that one starts off with is I love my calendar. And so, you know, taking your calendar, whatever way this is going to work for you, and it might still be writing on a calendar, but taking your calendar and time blocking, color coding, you know, that all expands out, but that gives you that opportunity to at a glance, 
look at your day ahead, your week ahead, whatever it might be, and then batching. I'm a big one for batching, doing similar things when you're in the zone and allow it to flow. So if it be recording podcasts, you know, can you do a couple of those back to back? Could you stay in the audio zone? So is that getting on board to do whether it might be a, a real or an Instagram live or LinkedIn audio, which I'm waiting to see where that's going to go, but staying in the zone. Um, and yes, yeah, so, because every time we, we complicate things, it's like, oh my goodness, I need this next shiny tool or this next shiny app to bring into my business. Well, do you? Can you learn what you have and see that that, can that serve the things that you need as opposed to chasing off against the, the, next, the next shiny tool? Mm-hmm. The other things that I like to do with simplifying, I do have a whiteboard and I'll look at that now and again. I have projects A, B, and C, putting them into priority. So coming back to three. So you know, each of us are different in the way that our brains work, whether it be visual or auditory, or if we you know, have to write things down, but finding ways that work for you to simplify what you need to get done and just to simplify your life. I just think that's so important. You know, there's so many freedoms. There's so many choices that we have as a coach, you know, who you work with. Um, So just focusing on all those things and you just like, how can I simplify this? What next step can I take? What are three things that I could do to simplify a procedure? I think as I'm talking to you as well, Barbara, it makes me think of, you know, writing down procedures. I mean, how important is that? You know, if knowing what the steps are that you have to take, as opposed to reinventing the wheel each time or looking for your instructions, and that'll just get me going. I mean, it's, you know, where do you store your digital stuff? Is it all over the place? Do you use just one place to store? So when you're looking for something, you know, whether it be that one page that somebody's asked you, your bio, um, anything that you're looking for, you know, do you know where to find it? Wow, that is a great essential question. And I know now I'm not the first person to say this, but learning to say no and or not now are really powerful ways to simplify. Another guest I'd had on the podcast, Mary Langall, said something so powerful. I think about this all the time. The episode was called, Is It Nice or Is It Necessary? Mm. And as she built her business with her partner, Eric Cogorno, they asked themselves that every day. And that has helped me so much when you're talking about like the shiny new thing, because I get as distracted as anybody else. Do I need to be on that platform? Oh, do I need to go get that? Should I buy that right now? Right. And is that nice or is it necessary? Right, right. Yeah. And I think sometimes also, you know, I find this perhaps, and it just applies when I come back to the midlife woman, Mm. is that we find tech overwhelming. So we think we need to keep trying the next shiny object for our business. Whereas to me, I like to encourage you to spend a little time to learn. So you know, before you give up on something, spend a little time, even something as simple as, you know, I am a huge fan of all the parts of Google. I think that, you know, it's a free option. You've got your Google calendar, you've got your Google email, you've got drive, but some people go, oh, I don't know where to start with that. Well, little chunks, three steps at a time, and just spend, give yourself two weeks to try to learn something before chasing after the next shiny object that you think might fit the bill. Carol, I just love what you said, because I now I want to talk about time and our relationship to that and the notion of accountability, because we are in a rush, right? And, it, and, and I mean, the whole world is rushing and we're at a 
living in an era of acceleration, unprecedented, all that stuff. So that's a very hard thing for us to give ourselves permission to do. And I thought that was what you just said is actually such an incredible gift. And it can be what completely changes the mindset and therefore the actions and ultimately the result is, wow, just to slow down and sit with it and to try. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what are the things? Because I do think this is interesting is the relationship. If we're in midlife, we're not tech native. Right. So now we're adding fear to the overwhelm. Right. And we don't need all these fancy tools. You know, that's why I'll come back to you can store everything in Drive and you can find your files. But if you are all over the place, um, you know, and I'm guilty of that. I was. And that's why I've spent time cleaning things up and knowing now where I can find things. Um, But I happen to love techie things. So I love learning. And then also part of that is because different tools work for different people. So I need to be in that position to explain them and to try and teach my clients, you know, which one might work for you um, as opposed to you know, only pushing the tools that work for myself. But... Mm-hmm. So wait, so just to recap, it's it, accountability is really a combination of mindset and the right tools slash systems that work for you and all built on understanding what is your own personal capacity, mm-hmm. because if we have too much on their plate, the accountability inherently just goes. Nyeh. So question, how do we figure out, I don't know what our accountability personality is. Is there such a thing? Is there a quiz? Because you're somebody who's you know naturally born to this and many, many people succeed having accountability partners or being part of pods or groups. And then there's the other subset and God bless. I love them who join everything for accountability and then still don't show up. And you're like, let's get to the root cause. Like what's happening. So I think, you know, I don't know. And I'm probably, there is something that you fit into this category or you fit. I think it also comes back to the learning style. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you figure that out? Cause I, people listening may not be aware. I I'm a visual learner who also blends with, you know, audio and kinesthetic, but visual is enormously important to me as is writing things down. Um, how do people figure that out? So I, to be honest, I think that you kind of look back even way back to school days or college days, or even, you know, as you're learning things now, where do you find yourself gravitating? Do you find yourself needing to read that book in print? Can you listen to that book and finding where that preference is and how do you retain that information? Are you somebody who needs to highlight Are you somebody who needs to take notes? I love taking notes when I listen to podcasts. I don't know about other people out there, but that's, you know, when people share these gems and it's something that I can add another layer to my life, I love, I go back and I take notes. So I don't know if there's anybody else out there who takes notes while listening to podcasts. I'm a note taker. It's one of the things I love about (laughs) podcasts is the fact that you can stop, you know, and take notes and listen over and over again. And then it's so funny here. I'm sitting right here, Carol, with what? My like five different highlighter pens. Love it. Color coding. That's the visual. So yeah. Highlighting for days. I think it's just kind of, you know, digging into spending some time with yourself and going, okay, how does that information stick? What works for me? And then moving into, you know, one of the things, and I know people talk from an ADHD side and mm-hmm. saying that you know they're all over the place, but I think some of those things apply to all of us. And it comes back to simplify. It comes back to finding joy that you are more likely to get yeah. something accomplished 
if you simplify, you don't multitask, and you find joy in the reason why you're doing something, because that's going to motivate you. Is it you're happy doing something? I mean, we're yeah. circling back. If you find joy in doing it, if it's a drag, is it time to delegate? Is there or is there another way to flip it over and look at it differently and approach it differently that you can get it accomplished? Because I guess not everything's fun. I mean, no, but you know, it's funny you would say that because I was thinking about the things that um you know, I'm always talking to people about, you know, what are the things that you have to do that you don't enjoy doing or don't want to do? And so, right. So for many people, you know, paying taxes definitely goes in that. So you, and think about, you know, what keeps you accountable is, uh, you know, fines or trouble you'll get into if you don't pay taxes. And then the notion of the fact that you can delegate that obviously to somebody to prepare your taxes, but you have to show up for your taxes on some level. Right. Right. So um, it's a combination, but I'm actually also thinking a little bit of the chicken and egg here was for, because there's another component of this is um, for people who are feeling stuck. Right. And I'm wondering if, you know, it's a chicken and egg and maybe for some people just taking some of these small steps Absolutely. Like the decluttering your life or looking at your capacity calendar is literally what I call mine. Maybe just choosing one thing can actually be like a Rubik's cube or something. It unlocks other pieces. Well, to me, what I immediately, when you, you know, share that and I'm thinking of the visual and it's the reminder to celebrate. Mm. So you accomplish, so you do, you say, okay, I've been putting this off and I've been putting this off. Can you break it down into it instead of looking at the huge big project, which then is overwhelming? And I think that's part of the getting stuck is can you break that down into actionable tasks, perhaps something that could be done within 15 minutes? And then as you make that progress, remembering to celebrate yourself, say, hey, look, I've done this. What can I do next? What can I move into next? As opposed to you end the day and you go, I've been meaning to do this for a week or a month. It's been on my whiteboard. It's been on my calendar. It's been on my sticky notes. I've journaled about it. It's everywhere, but I've made no progress. So what's one little step that you could take to shift you and mm -hmm. move you closer to getting it done and then celebrating? I think that's so important. I think we often end our days with, you know, forgetting we, we start up in the morning and you're all geared up and you've got your to-do list and you've got your calendar planned. And then you kind of, everybody run. I know there's some night owls out there, but most people run out of energy by the end of the day. <laughs> and then we go, oh my goodness, we look at the things we didn't get done. How about looking at what you did accomplish? Mm. And celebrating Oh, that. that's really wonderful. Looking at abundance and not lack. And seeing what's there is such a powerful reminder. Um, as someone said on the podcast, celebrating inch stones, not milestones. Love that. That's really <laughs> wonderful. Um, yeah. We touched on this a teeny bit in the beginning. I want to explore how much fear shows up in here because something that could be a massive block, believe it or not, is the fear of who I will become on the other side mm -hmm. or the fear of the and then what and how to visualize that. Mm, well, just as, yeah because you you step into something and things get done and you you bring things together you have more time what are we fearing if that well here's one together? if I sell my book proposal then I have to write the book right I'm if right. I actually do the thing that I want to say I'm what anything I'm fear of being successful or I'm fear of what 
successful me looks like, or I'm afraid of um, the loss of control, or I'm afraid of the familiarity of sitting in my not getting it done. I just think that those come up all the time to actually explore the, and then what, and the same thing, even with the celebration is really wonderful. So you celebrate that. And so then, and then what happens? Then what? Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think of that and you sort of think if you were going to create products and then you, you really step into them and people really buy them, then we get fearsome. Well, can I supply? Can I keep up with this? And that's then a real concern. <laughs> <laughs> another whole, you know, who am I to pull this together? Right. That goes back to your initial point. It's you're a great planner. So you have to have those steps on the ladder. And that's actually even asking the important question, what do I need and who can help me do this and who can right. delegate? How can I delegate those things? Now, I remember back in the day, people, true story, you know, a couple of people nearly going out of business because they ended up on Oprah's Christmas list. Right. And just overnight or, or celebrities right. likes, likes your thing and posts on Instagram because they love you. And it's a big surprise. And suddenly it's like, I can't sew enough of those. Can't provide, can't, yeah, can't pick up the pace to meet that, that, um, which is such a wonderful celebration. But then where did those boundaries, I suppose, come in and that saying no? Right, so wait, things? I want to recap again, so many great words here, because now we just added boundaries just the things that come up, capacity, boundaries, value, mindset, tool, system, all these things, how they interrelate with accountability. And that going back to, I didn't even ask you if you liked that definition or if it, it seemed um, it was something that you would use is the idea that accountability means someone who is responsible to themselves. I agree with you with that. Absolutely. Because by stepping into it, I mean, we are the only ones who can, somebody can walk alongside us, somebody can give us the tools, but if we don't want to do that, the other person can be pushing and shoving, it's not going to happen. So we are ultimately accountable to ourselves. So true. Do you have any great case studies that pop into your head of someone who was just maybe at a zero or a one on the accountability scale? and is now an accountability champion and how you led them through it. Ooh, my life. <laughs> so I think I have somebody who has been in the same field for a very long time and is now wanting to switch and change and bring in new elements to their business. And I'm seeing that happen. So, you know, it's, it's giving space, it's giving time, realizing that's the big thing is thinking that these things happen overnight. They do not. So we, once again, we need to be gentle on ourselves, you know, set those goals, write them down, know what's motivating you, but give yourself time, give yourself that the seasons. And I guess then we come back to capacity, don't we? <laughs> so it goes round and round. It does. But also in the media space, that becomes a very important question to ask early on, because part of accountability is saying, I'll still be doing this. I'm willing to show up every week for another year or two years or put it in, put in the time that is required because for any kind of performer um, and for anyone to have success in media, to be a writer, to do anything, that is, you have to commit to playing the long game. There is no short game version here. And consistency then pops up. Very much so. So capacity and consistency. I mean, if your capacity is only to show up once a week or twice a week, then that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But it's that consistency. Um, you know, and I just keep coming back to marketing. I sort of think when people feel the pressure that they need to be everywhere all the time 
as opposed to showing up consistently within your capacity. Oh, I just think that, can you say that one more time? I love that as a tagline. <laughs> showing up consistently in your capacity. Oh, I love that. And I also want to share, is it okay if I include the link for your 30 uh, business tools? Oh, please do. Yeah. I, I thought you that know, was hugely generous. I love that. And, you know, I, as I say, there's so many things that I have used over the time, over the period of time. And, you know, some things are different for different people at different stages, but yes, please do. And how does someone find you if they want to sign up for some of your one-on-one -on -one coaching and consulting? Really easy. My website's carolclegg.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn, my favorite place. So you know, come and say hello and um, let's start the conversation. LinkedIn is a wonderful place. I'm with you. And also a shout out to Podmatch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Love Podmatch. I think they're doing wonderful things, not only in the podcasting industry, but bringing people together. Same as LinkedIn. I you agree. Know, new people, new friends, new community. And I want to thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're interested in media coaching for you or your team, please shoot me a note and please be sure to visit ableintermedia.com and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Mm -hmm.